Over the past year, I've been on a healing adventure. I've spent the past 12 months recovering from brain fog, pain, and chronic fatigue. Like any good adventure story, there have been highs and lows, losses and gains, and an incredible amount of personal growth and lessons learned. This journey has made me a better health practitioner and a more empathetic coach. To add more meaning to my experience, I wanted to create something that would help others to increase their energy, clear their mind, and restore their health. I created the Brain Fog Bible. The Brain Fog Bible is a 47-page guide that covers what I call the low-hanging fruit. It explores the most important areas to be assessed and addressed if you want more from life, but your brain and your body are holding you back. You can grab a copy at brainfogbible.com forward slash download. That's brainfogbible.com forward slash download. I believe one of the most important things that we can do is give ourselves the gift of truly nourishing the soul through time spent in self-inquiry, moments that still the mind, and practices that light us up and allow us to reconnect to the child within. Move, Breathe, Create is a platform that celebrates soul nourishment. Move your body to get out of your head. Breathe to give yourself mental clarity and calm. Create without expectation to fuel your inspiration and delight your senses. Come and join us over at movebreathecreate.com and use the code kombucha for your first month free. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the community. From a young age, I was passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health. When I started practicing in the field, I realized that physiology and psychology are intimately intertwined. Some of my clients just needed to know what to do to feel better. And many of my clients knew what they should be doing, they just weren't doing it. Underneath it all, unconscious conditioning was getting in the way of their success. This drove me to uplevel my skill set and coach my clients to remove some of their mental roadblocks and reconnect with the wisdom of the body. I learned about the importance of embodiment and harnessing the power of emotions to get more of what you want from life. I started offering intensive one-to-one coaching packages and I launched my Grounded Goddess group program. I also wanted to create a free offering to help women understand the power of the mind, body, and emotions. I created the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. The Grounded Goddess Blueprint is a 43-page guide that will help you reconnect with what you want from life and teach you how to build your roadmap to create it. It will help you understand why you often find yourself going round in circles and engaging with self-sabotage. If you feel stuck, overwhelmed, or frustrated with lack of results, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. If you want clarity, understanding, and more success, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. Just go over to groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint and grab your copy. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint. Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. 
This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kombucha and Color. I'm Shay, and as always, I have Anna with me. And today we are coming to you, I think this is probably about. I don't even know how many episodes we recorded from quarantine and from self-isolation at the moment. Um, I think we are coming up to the end of 12 weeks, actually. Yeah. So I, I just know that because I was counting how many online yoga classes I had been doing. And a couple of weeks ago, I think it was 10. So um, I think it's been about 12 weeks since we went yeah. into lockdown. Myself and Warren were in lockdown two weeks before everybody else because I was in contact with somebody who had been in contact with somebody else who'd had it and this whole chain of events. But what we wanted to speak about today is just the lessons and the learnings that we've had from being in this self-isolation, being in this new normal and this new world. As I have kind of moved more and more into this new normal, there's so many things that I've learned and I've really just taking time to try and integrate what I'm learning into how can I take this forward? Because there's, of course, it's been very overwhelming and been very kind of life upending for many people, but there's also like, there's been definite benefits and blessings that have come from it. So we wanted to maybe just give people that perspective that maybe they could look at their situation now through that lens, if it feels appropriate for them. So that's where we wanted to take the show today. Yeah. And before we we dive into our lessons, I guess, just to say that that there might be a a slight bias with this episode because both Shay and I, we don't have kids that we have to homeschool. We both are self-employed. We both have worked from home to a certain extent. I know you've done more external work in the past. So the lessons and learnings may be different to someone who's had a completely different experience of this lockdown. But irrespective of that experience, I think it can still be helpful when we have been through in intense times, however that intensity is created, um, to take stock and to reflect. And, and that reflection helps us integrate and, and learn and, and move forward. Mm. So just actually on that exact point, with it being a completely different perspective and depending on who you are, something that I have personally noticed is how I'm actually doing a lot less things, but I'm achieving the same end result. So at the moment, I'm still running my Move, Breathe, Create online membership platform. I'm still running yoga classes. But because I no longer am at my desk, Warren uses my desk in my office for his work every day, I am no longer sitting at my computer. And I often feel like when I'm working from home, there is a tendency for me to almost feel changed to my computer. Like I'm working here and I have to be working because I'm at my computer, I'm at home. So I must be at my computer and therefore I must be doing something. And I've noticed and reflected over this time that I've managed to get the same amount of content ready, the same amount of stuff ready, but I've had way more quote unquote downtime that's away from my computer. That's not the busy doing work, what I would quote, like doing things on my computer, which now when I reflect back, I'm like, actually a lot of that must've just been extraneous, fluffy stuff that's not actually that important to the nuts and bolts of what needs to move my business forward. So that has been a really interesting thing. And when I was reflecting on this in terms of other people's perspectives, perhaps, and I was thinking particularly to mothers who are maybe working from home and trying to homeschool at the same time, like 
that is like a sudden massive overload of work. So there must be something in that experience that people who are managing both or trying to do both have had to optimize or kind of reduce the excess work that, or the unnecessary, should I say, work that they've been doing in order to be able to fit everything in. Like Mm. there's some optimization that's happened. There's something that has gone on that's enabled people to step back and maybe they've stepped back from their work a little bit and realized, actually, I'm still getting my basic needs met here, but I'm doing less and have more time to offer to my child who needs schoolwork. How can I take that learning forward post-corona, post-quarantine, and maybe use that little bit of that time for myself or use a little bit of that time for restoring myself or finding a balance somewhere else in my life? So that was kind of the first entry point that I had in one of the learnings that I've had and how that could possibly relate to somebody else in a different situation. It's this idea of just like cutting the fluff. We've only got so much time each day. And I also like to think of it in terms of energy, because sometimes we we have the time, but we don't necessarily have the energy to use that time well. In the case of someone who's maybe working and managing their children and homeschooling, there is this idea of all optimization and how can we use the time and energy that we have as best as we can. For me personally, I resonate with, with what you say so much, but from a slightly different perspective in that for me, with some of the the brain fog and fatigue that I'm still experiencing, I feel the worst when I'm sitting in front of a computer. So I've where you were forced to be away from your computer because you couldn't use it because of Warren, for me, I feel like I have to force myself to take breaks because I have this natural biofeedback, which is when my brain fog and fatigue kicks in, I'm like, okay, right, and now it's time to step away, which means that I have to optimize if when if I'm gonna sit in front of my computer for an hour what exactly needs to get done and what can, and what is the fluff that I can cut so I can then step away and then take that time to sort of reboot before I step back in again. So it's sort of three different perspectives, but all around the same theme. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's, I think also something that leads onto something else that I've just been amazed at human adaptability in general. Like there's been so many changes, but I feel like, people have just kind of rolled with it. Like people have gone, yes, there's been a little bit of complaining and wiggling and niggling about it. But on the whole, in my experience, like I don't feel there's been a lot of like complaining. Maybe I'm just like around the right group of people that don't find complaining very productive. But it's just like there's an adaptability that's come with this. People have kind of got on with it. And how can we adapt our lives? How can we navigate to this this new thing? And it's like, it's a really empowering lesson because no matter what's coming at you from the external world, like there is opportunity for you to be able to grow, adapt and learn to integrate into a new experience, whatever that experience is. So whether you are coming out or going into a pandemic or whether you are moving into transitioning into a mother or you're learning a new role at work or you're finding something that's, that's new, that's, that was challenging before, like, this is like a really good anchor that you have as a reference point for how adaptable and how resilient you are in the face of a struggle or the face of a challenge. So like, that's a really powerful thing to take forward. Mm -hmm. I have this exercise. I can't remember if if I've spoken about on the show before with my clients um, that we do around belief systems, which is called like tables and legs. So you have a belief system, which is something that you want to believe about yourself. It could be anything, but a lot of 
my clients will choose things like I'm good enough, I'm worthy. In this case, I'm resilient, I'm adaptable, 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 Mm -hmm. I can handle anything. And then the leg, that it's like the tabletop and then the legs of the table are is the evidence that you can gather. So the more legs the table has, the more stable it is. And then you have a more stable, strong belief. So it's this idea of when people, we we like to be comfortable. Let's just say like as human beings, we're wired for safety. We want to be, we want everything to be comfortable and safe and the same but at the same time, we have this human need for growth, which you spoke about in a previous episode, which which we, we need to get uncomfortable. And so a lot of people will kind of wait until they are forced into growth, like we have been in this um, in this lockdown situation. And then, as you say, then we realize, um, yeah, yeah, like I can handle this, I can cope. And, and there's evidence there for resilience. And, and I do believe that human beings are infinitely resourceful and we we have the ability to cope. It's just, we don't always choose that because it's easier to stay safe and to stay the same. But as you say, like seeing this evidence from this time, like how could you embody that and use that newfound sense of confidence or newfound sense of courage to maybe do some things in your life that you've been wanting to do, which are maybe, yes, a little bit scary or a little bit more out of your comfort zone. And just remember that use this time as evidence that, that you can do it. I honestly feel like in two or three years time, or maybe 10 years time, we will look back on this time and be like, wow, we really did that. Like we really just locked ourselves up in our houses and didn't see the world and like the world shut down. And like, we really did that, like as a not just as like a small personal thing, but like as a global perspective. Like it's going to be really like amazing to look back on this. Yeah. Do you want to share some of your learnings? Um, well, actually, on that note of reflecting back and going, we really did this. One of my reflections has actually been that my life is not too different from lockdown, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But what I would say is that from this idea of overcoming obstacles and adaptability and building resilience. I think one of the reasons why my life was not too different from lockdown is just because of um, the health challenges that I've been working through over the past year. And I didn't see a lot of this on social media when things first started happening, but I did see a little bit in terms of how a lot of people with chronic illnesses do actually live very self-isolated lives. And I spoke about this on a previous podcast, which is I've kind of felt like the the previous 12 months have been preparing me for lockdown. So even though my life isn't that different or wasn't that different from lockdown, there's a reason for that. And obviously that's because of the health issues that that I've been um, challenged by. But even in the face of all of that, I've spent the past however many years or months now slowing my life down and just taking things so much easier. What was interesting to me with the lockdown is that there was still more capacity. There was still more space for me to slow down and to set better boundaries in terms of how I take breaks and how I manage my time and what I commit to and what I don't commit to and how much I rest and all of that. What made it easier to take more of that slow time, that downtime once lockdown began is because the whole world was doing the same thing. So for me, I felt that there was less pressure for me to create the boundary because 
I didn't have to use so much energy to set it in the first place, uh, if, if that makes sense, because everybody was doing the same thing. So I didn't have to say, no, I can't meet you or no, I can't do this or because it, nobody was asking in the first place because everybody was locked down. But that just really made me reflect on, um, especially in the work that I do with my clients as well, because a lot of the work that I do is getting women more connected to themselves on a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level. And in order for us to get connected, we have to have the space to connect, which is essentially the work of slowing ourselves down a little bit. And very often there can be barriers or obstacles to doing that. No, I can't do this because no, I don't have time because, and really what this has shown me is it's not that these things aren't possible, but it's really about the boundaries that we're prepared to set with ourselves. And this has been coming up a lot in the work that I've been doing in my Grounded Goddess program, the work around boundaries, which I know we've spoken a little bit about on the, the show before. And what we've been talking a lot about in the program is, you know, <laughs> all my clients ask, well, how do I just like have better boundaries. And I'm like, oh, if only it was that easy, you know, you just say no, or you just click your fingers and your boundaries are, are, are rock solid. And, um, but really it's about building. I, I always say to them, it's about building your worth. It's about creating a sense of grounding. It's about understanding your needs and how they're being met. And then also it's about this idea of codependence or over-identifying with what um, other, with over-identifying with other people's experience. So when you say no, for example, to someone, you may feel bad because of how that will make them feel. That's over-identification with, with their experience and not allowing them to have their experience without making it mean something about you. So for me personally, I feel like I have deepened my understanding of my boundaries through this process. And we also talked a little bit about the breathwork practice that I did and accessing anger and sometimes being able to access that anger is part of also just that no, um, you know, setting that line in the sand, creating that boundary. So it's just been very interesting to reflect on okay, where were my boundaries possibly a little bit leaky before in a way that wasn't serving me? And how can I take this increased sense of self-worth, this increased sense of grounding, um, this increased sense of what I need and what I don't need, what's okay for me, what's not okay for me, and assert that moving forward as the world increasingly starts to put more pressure on me again. Mm -hmm. So just two things. That first thing, when you say that over-identification with somebody else's experience, straight away, for me, that reads as like an empath. Like an empath mm -hmm. is somebody who feels somebody else's experience and is kind of living in their body instead of living in their own body. So that's like a useful thing. And in the boundaries episode, we talk specifically about the things that you can do as an empath to create that separation between you and somebody else. You're still connected to them and you can feel them, but you're not taking on everything and experiencing what they're experiencing in that moment. And then also, I just wanted to ask you, like you've said that obviously your life slowed down up to this point in preparation for lockdown. And now you've had even more opportunity to slow down further. So in a practical sense, what would that look like for you going forward? Like what are you going to either be taking into your life or reducing from your life from now when lockdown is over? So I'm pretty much a tortoise now. Um, but in terms of your question, I think for me, I've noticed a lot of cutting the fluff, like we were talking about, like before I think a lot like you, I think, well, because I was, because I'm at home, I should be working. And therefore, you know, if everybody works 
I know it's variable, but say people work seven and a half hours a day, then I must work seven and a half hours a day, which means that I'll be on social media and I'll be doing funny things on my computer. And it's starting to look a little bit more at what needs to be done and what are the important things that are driving my business forward? What am I doing because it's fulfilling a need, but it's not necessarily productive and what belief systems are associated with that ongoing behavior. And just, I think, allowing myself just to take more rest. I think before I would feel guilty or bad if I just go and lay down and, you know, and just completely chill out. And one of the big changes I have started to implement is I don't do back-to-back calls anymore. So I always give myself an hour's break between each call I do with a client so that I've got time to actually follow up on any notes or follow up on any admin after the call. But then also if I just need to go and lie down for 20 minutes before my next call, I have that space. That was something I started to implement quite early on in lockdown. And it's definitely something I want to carry moving forward. Mm. And that's very, that's so related and aligned with exactly what I was saying at the beginning of doing less, but more things that are actually driving your business forward and taking those time to break and slow down. And for me also, like having been pregnant now, it's like I've been in some situations where I actually physically cannot. And I think that's similar to your experience of being this chronic fatigue. Like I actually cannot physically sit in front of a screen. I have to just lie down. (laughs) And so like having that and having that force, like bit of sometimes the external thing comes to us and we like realize that when we do that, the world and and things keep ticking over as they should. And so it's like, oh, this is insightful. Like I'm still doing everything that I need to be doing, but I'm also taking this 20 minutes for myself or whatever it is. So Yeah. yeah, I love that. I think it's also a sense of trust as well. Like a sense of like, even though I'm taking the space, I trust that everything, as you say, will, will continue to operate exactly as it should. And what I noticed actually very early on in the lockdown period is I just felt really, really centered and aligned and grounded, which meant that when I was showing up with my clients, I was showing up as a much more powerful version of myself. And so sometimes we can have this fear of, taking that step back. But when you take that step back, you come into better alignment with yourself. You're more clear energy channel. And, you know, that makes sense on a, on a logical level, but to actually be able to observe and witness and experience myself and like, yeah, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really in my power here. I'm feeling like I can really hold space for my clients so much better. You realize that taking that space to look after yourself is part of your job. Um, mm. And that's been a, a shift that has happened, not to say that I didn't think that before, but to really experience it now and have that embodied experience of it is what's made a big difference for me. Mm-hmm. And that was actually one of my other learnings from this. And I think we've mentioned it at the beginning of one of our um, quarantine episodes is the grounding practices that I also like feel so centered and grounded. And especially when things were at the beginning, when it was like all chaos and like, how are we going to adapt to this new situation? And that quickly, like we shifted into a routine of things pretty quickly. But in that transition period, I felt very stable and very connected. And I think that is tribute to these grounding practices that we have in our lives, like the meditation, the breath work, the yoga, the things that keep us feet on the ground, like here we are, present in our bodies. Like I think that is like such a useful thing. So yeah, if you don't have those practices in your life, like how can you start to integrate them, even if it's five minutes before you go to bed? Mm. So yeah. Start practicing them them now for the next pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next wave. <laughs> 
And then something else that, I, that I've really, this has been something that has come to me on a personal and also then on a global perspective is trusting the divine timing of everything. Obviously now I'm pregnant and it was completely, Warren and I were completely blindsided by this. Like you can go back and listen to the pregnancy episode. It's something that we were not planning. It was completely shocked and like overwhelmed by suddenly falling pregnant at the beginning of lockdown. And my initial reaction to that was, this is really not the right timing. Like this baby coming in December, it's my brother's wedding, like lockdown, quarantine, family, we've got trips. Like this is not the right time. But the more I reflect on it, the more I'm like, this is actually exactly the right timing that it needs to be for us, for where we are. And like, if I think about it, like in the, this perspective of like, this year has been a really dark year. Like we've had a pandemic, there's this Black Lives Movement uprising, like all of these things have kind of really pulled us into a really deep place. And this little being like that's coming at the end of the year, is like this little beacon of light that is like something for me to hold on to that's like, pulling me through the end of this year, I said to Warren the other day, I was like, do you feel like you're just waiting for December? Like, I feel like I'm just waiting for the end of the year so that this little thing can come. Like that. I just feel like it's like this, it's like this pulling me forward to this end of the year. And like, there's so much heaviness. And this is like something that is the timing of it is it couldn't be more perfect. And that's obviously from a very personal perspective. But then if I think about this from a global perspective, and especially with the Black Lives Movement that's happened, like there's been obviously this massive uprising that's happened and rightly so. Like, And if I think about the energy of people who are at this point in time, many people sitting at home, self-isolated, there's no real opportunity for people to discharge their energy, discharge their um, anger, discharge their feeling. And now something we have in this environment where people are sitting at home, they've got more time to self-reflect, they've got more time alone to really think and engage with themselves in a deeper way. Their energy is not being discharged, so they've got all this energy to use potentially. And now we've got this event that is broadcast that's bringing our awareness to this really global systemic issue of racism. And it's like, this timing was perfect for this because it's given people who are at home, they've got the space perhaps, they've got the time to reflect by themselves, they've got this energy to use that is perhaps an energy of anger that's from this pandemic situation, but the energy of anger is the energy of change. And that's what you spoke about earlier, like your ability to connect to the energy of anger is what sets boundaries. It's what creates forward movement. It creates change. It's, it's not something that we should fear or shy away from the energy of anger, but it's something when we can access it for potential of movement, potential of change, potential of a shift, like it's really powerful if it's directed in a safe and productive way. So I think like if I, if I look at it from a global perspective, like the timing of everything is just like, it was meant to be this way. It really was meant to be this way. Um, and there's so many, there's so many like memes and things on, on social media about, you know, what if 2020 is the year that we have this massive reckoning and this massive awakening. And I feel like for many people it is like, could be on a small perspective, just like you tuning into your body and being a little bit more home and a little bit more like, wow, how can I find safety within myself, no matter what's going on in the external? Or perhaps something it's more global, like, wow, I didn't realize like structural racism was something that I'm complicit in and how can I start to dismantle this within myself? So there's so many different levels and layers of how this timing has been so apt, I think, 
I could be totally wrong, but my feeling is there's more to come this year. I think we're going to see a series of different events play out until the end of the year, until baby Daya comes. A beacon of light. <laughs> a beacon of light. Did you hear that little baby? <laughs> um, so there's a... Um, intuitive tarot reader that I sometimes go see here in Bournemouth and he does a weekly prediction. So every single week he draws three cards. He talks about the week ahead. And at the end of 2019, he did one for this year. And unfortunately, I didn't know I was going to bring this up on the podcast. I'm not really prepared to reflect on it, but he said something along the lines of, if you think you know how the world works, you know, everything is going to break down in 2020. That was basically the message. The message was one of destruction, but for the greater good, like breaking everything, breaking down to rebuild better essentially. And so far he has been bang on. Maybe I can put the link to the video in the show notes if anybody wants to go and watch that. That would be cool. And also like it's this, the energy of fire which is like this energy of like anger, it's fiery, but that energy of fire is transformative. Like from the ashes, like something new is, yeah, you know, the if you phoenix. Think about from, yeah, phoenix rising from the ashes, but also from a practical point of view, like if you think of them on farms, I know in South Africa and like in, in the um, game reserves in South Africa, like when they burn fire breaks, it's purposeful. Yes, it's like this mad, crazy, intensive, fiery energy that is, it looks uncontrollable and it looks overwhelming and it can easily kind of just take over everything, which is kind of where we are with this uprising and the riots and the pandemic. Like it's this fiery energy that, whoa, this could overtake us. But when they do it in this game reserve setting, like that clears the path and it creates new soil. It creates mm. new growth. And it's like, it's what's coming afterwards. That's the thing that's looking, that we're looking forward to. Yeah. So yeah. Exciting. What's yeah. going to happen next? What's going to happen next? So is there anything else that you want to add in terms of lessons and learning? I do have some very specific learnings that I have taken from the Black Lives Movement, but I think that I will maybe put that into another show or um, put that into somewhere, some other formats and we can dive into that a little bit more deeply. Yeah, I think when we recorded the our first podcast on the Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, that was quite early into everything happening. I think we've both even even though that was only last week we recorded it, I think we've both had more learning in the past week. So maybe an updated episode would be a good thing for us to do. The only, I just had very small things was that a few other lessons from lockdown were just like coming back to the basics. Like when you're only allowed like outside once a day, you just really appreciate that time outside. And, um, uh, it's my mom and I, we speak, we've been speaking every Sunday there in South Africa and they're shielding in South Africa. My, my stepdad is very high risk. So, you know, we've been talking a lot because, you know, they don't have a lot to do right now. And every single week we just talk about food. Like what, what, what food have we been able to access or get from the supermarket and what are we cooking this week? And I think it's actually been quite fun. Like, food shopping has been like quite an exciting adventure. Like what are you going to get from the shops? And just thinking of new, like new recipes, new creative ideas. That's something that I've personally really enjoyed reconnecting with over this time. For some reason, I feel like when this baby arrives, I'm going to be somehow magically transformed into a domestic goddess. I don't know how I have that feeling in my head, but I've also like been cooking so much more. Like I don't usually do cooking. I like 
like it's not my thing. Just also that that thing of being those simple things of taking the time to make a home cooked meal, and especially at the beginning of lockdown, like going to the shops was like this massive adventure and it's so crazy because it could always be like that for us in our heads. Like if we take the time to really be like, wow, life, the whole of life is this massive adventure. And yet when we get into the humdrum busyness of the monotony of our lives, like we lose that adventurous spirit and isn't like, it's so sad really. Like, whereas imagine if we walk through life, like everything being an adventure and everything being exciting. And every time we stepped up, outside was like a joy and a gift. And like, this is so precious that we get to be outside. Like, wow, so grateful. And I, yeah, that's like a, such a, such a big lesson and it's so simple and it's something that we so easily forget. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Make every day an adventure. I love that. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's nothing else from me. I think we've given um, people a lot of things to perhaps mull over and reflect on. And if there's any of the things that we've said that have given you opportunity to maybe reflect on yourself, like maybe there's some time that you could do some journaling or some self-inquiry on any of these things, you know, we've spoken about boundaries, reconnecting to the little things, making life an adventure, doing less and being more productive, cutting the fluff, adaptability, any grounding practices that you have and just like reflecting on divine timing in your life. And if you, if there's anything you want to add, feel free to message us, tag us on social media and we'd love to hear from you. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Until next time, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.